This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. With Arkansas in the rearview mirror, now it's what... A lot of people have been waiting for all year. LSU gets its shot at redemption against Texas A&M on Saturday night at 6 p.m. Central on ESPN after last year's 74-72-7 overtime loss for LSU, marred with some controversial calls and a just a marathon football game. This time it's in Tiger Stadium. It's in Baton Rouge. 12-0 record on the line for LSU, a chance to finish the regular season undefeated. And Ed Ogeron met with the media on Monday. Plenty of award lists are being finalized. The finalists have been announced, and we're going to cover it all for you guys on this edition of the pod. I'm Billy Umbody. With me, Shay Dixon. Shay, we're going to move right on from Arkansas. Big news on Monday. Ed Ogeron said, look, after that week off for, for Grant Delpit, he's back. He's ready to go. He's at full speed. Yeah, and he said that he would practice all week, too, which is a good sign that you don't have to wait around for um, kind of a final verdict this weekend. Um, it's been evident, right, that at the beginning of the year, Delpit had some lingering shoulder issues. Then he's been playing on a bum ankle, you know, from the Bama game on. So um, it was good that Arkansas was up on the schedule because uh, they could obviously take him out, sit him. He didn't practice much a week ago, or if at all. You know, I think he might have just taken the week off. Uh, now full go this week, uh, and that puts him in not only to play against A&M, which is huge, facing a quarterback like Kellen Mond, who's athletic, uh, we saw what he could do a year ago with his arms and his uh, his arm and his legs, obviously. But uh, beyond against Georgia, obviously he'll be key, and then he'll get a nice rested break before uh, the bowl game or the playoffs or whatever it might be. So um, probably job job well done by the staff to give him um, what amounted to probably what seven eight days off after um, the win at Ole Miss, and uh, and then kind of through Arkansas, and now get a few practices under your belt, a couple walkthroughs to to in the week and, and really Monday is kind of an easy day for him. So um, what Billy, two, three days of good practice in, uh, in the middle portion of the week. And then by Saturday, there's no reason to believe he won't be ready to roll. Yeah. And Kellen Mond last year was excellent. Ned Ogeron brought that up on Monday and, and the way I, I think A&M season has gone, it's certainly not how they were expecting it to go, but they played really well against Georgia last week, kind of keeping they're right in the game. And, and while they didn't put up many offensive numbers, Georgia's got a really good defense he still poses a lot of a lot of challenges, and so having Delpit back will be big to help defend him. Yeah, I mean, I think that, too, we got to see uh, last week or, or against Arkansas uh, just how good Jacoby Stevens is. You know, without uh, Delpit there, he had a, what, career high in sacks with three, career high in tackles for loss with four. Um, I think he had maybe like eight tackles in the game or something like that. So um, big to know that both those guys are going to be on the field, and uh, and also Mo Hampton, you know, after seeing him and you've wondered, okay, Cam Lewis, Eric Monroe uh, are guys who are available at safety. Todd Harris obviously got injured and has been out for the year. You've played Kerry Vincent some back there, um, but it seems like they found someone that they can play a bit more in Hampton. Um, what first, I think he entered the game with one tackle in the first snap of the game. He got another tackle 
or at least first defensive snap and uh, finish with six. And uh, it's probably a good segue into both the guys I just mentioned. Got some big honors, Billy, for um, for the end of the week and for how they played against Arkansas. Yeah, Jacoby Stevens was named the SEC Defensive Player of the Week. He was just incredible. Ed Ogeron just, I mean, just gave him so much praise after the game, and rightfully so. And and then on the other side of that, Mo Hampton named the SEC Freshman of the Week for his job in helping LSU hold Arkansas to 304 total yards and really uh, a, a large, almost half of Arkansas's yards came in the fourth quarter when kind of the starters had come out and 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 Arkansas kind of changed teams, changed things up. They got that onside kick. They won a, a big jump be- jump ball. It was kind of garbage time yardage, and so a dominating defensive performance. On the flip side of the ball for LSU, they're going to get it two starters back and and get one of their starters back in his normal spot. Sadiq Charles is going to play this week, Ed Ogeron said, and while he didn't address it, we're expecting Austin Deculus to play at right tackle. He was available, at least for LSU, against Arkansas, but they they really wanted to rest him. So it'll be Adrian McGee back at left guard with Lloyd Cushenberry at center and Damian Lewis at right guard. Uh, We, you know, that offensive line has really picked up a lot of accolades, but with A&M having some talent on the defensive line, it's big to have that, that group back together. 100%. And you look at the Ole Miss and Arkansas games, and uh, with Sadiq out and with Deculus out, they played fairly well. I mean, McGee is not a left tackle, uh, and he played the position. Burrow was you know, kept relatively clean. He didn't end up on his backside many times. Um, and obviously getting Ed Ingram back into the mix and getting some reps after missing a full year and, and then some games to start this year was key. But I think, if anything, you feel a little bit better about the O-line than maybe you did um, even a month ago or a few weeks ago because now you know that Sadiq Charles, who continued to miss games that were the kind of least competitive ones, it was obvious that uh, he was sitting for uh, some sort of you know off-the-field reasons. He's now been out of six games. We've heard that was the mark they had to hit. So he's back for A&M. He'll be back for Georgia and into the postseason, obviously. Uh, and Deculus, who got himself a couple of weeks off. We had seen him in a walking boot before Ole Miss, um, but he even said then, uh, look, I'm available if I have to play, and Orgeron said that too, and they dressed him out, and uh, they never ended up needing him. So you get both your kind of starting both your starting tackles back, and as you noted, you get McGee, who's been one of their better players this year in the trenches, back in his normal spot. You know what Cushenberry can do, and obviously – um, Damian Lewis has been a two-year starter for him at the right guard spot and never had to shuffle around. So, if anything, they've built some depth uh, that you can kind of feel good about moving forward. And uh, you also know now that Deculus is healthy and Charles is done sitting. And look, that'll be big for the protection of Joe Burrow. Ed Ogeron was also worried about kind of protecting the team a little bit uh, this week. Last year, they had the post-game scuffle with Kevin Falk and John Battle. Punches were thrown. A lot of controversy there uh, with that whole thing, but Ed Ogeron really wanted to make it clear that he really doesn't want that to happen again. They're going to have coaches out pregame and do all of that, but uh, that scuffle was was pretty wild. It was, it was brought up a couple times on Monday and just kind of where things stand with the, the this kind of you know rivalry-ish uh, nest to this game that it's taken on with all the hatred back and forth, but uh, that moment was wild, and I, I don't think we'll see it again this, this year, but maybe. No, I don't think we're seeing that or seven overtime. So hopefully this A&M game, beyond a final score for LSU fans' sake, uh, brings a, a different atmosphere for how the, the game ended after four quarters and lasted seven more OTs and then the fight. Um, but what Orgeron was like, 
I, I basically paraphrase. I wasn't swinging on anybody. I'm not going to go into depth on what uh, what happened, but obviously not a great look for either side. Jimbo's nephew is heavily involved in the skirmish as well. Uh, he's got quite the iron jaw. I've given him his props for that over uh, the past year. Um, took two punches, never dropped. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't think that uh, we'll see any sort of Post-game, in-game skirmishes, uh, I don't think. I think both these teams' head coaches know you can't have that happen again. Um, hell, look, battle, I think, started in the bowl game. So there wasn't, I think even the SEC with how crazy that game was and then the stuff afterwards just kind of said, look, everybody figure it out on your own. We're not handing out anything here. Uh, and, yeah, I think this one will be just about uh, football and what, I think you did a story, what is LSU, about two touchdown favorites. Yeah. So. Um, this game is not anticipated to be as close as it was a year ago. And boy, we sat in the press conference after Arkansas. We're starting the Monday pod and saying, look, we won't talk about the game two, two days ago. They weren't talking about the game that ended two minutes ago. Every one of them was already on to A&M. Uh, I think beyond uh, the fan base wanting some revenge, these players badly uh, want revenge. And Clyde edwards Elair said it, um, unless you play in a game like that and know how it feels to, to leave, uh, a loser in that game. You won't know kind of uh, what we're feeling going in and um, what we can remember. They said Joe Burrow passed out in the locker room and had three IVs and was cramping so bad he couldn't even stand up. So uh, I think they've got a number of players, and, and Burrow will be playing in his final game in Tiger Stadium. Uh, a lot of these seniors are going to want to go out, not just by beating A&M, but 12-0. and yeah, and uh, look, I think everybody's going to be fired up for this game on Saturday, and, and it's going to be fun to fun to watch and see how it all unfolds with with all of the storylines about last year's. But uh, I'll be honest, I think John Battle got a really nice steak dinner. His eligibility was up, so I'm sure he got taken out. Somebody somebody rewarded him for landing that punch. Yeah, he was. Uh, his eligibility was up, but he, like I said, he still started in the bowl game, yeah. so there wasn't really uh, uh, anything to lose on that one. And uh, and boy, yeah, golly, it seems like. An eternity ago with the, the season they've had now and obviously the win against UCF uh, of when that game was. But only a few more days, what, five days away and back in Tiger Stadium for a final time this year and uh, against the Aggies who uh, who badly want, I think as bad as LSU wants to win this game, I think A&M, like you said, their season has not gone as they anticipated. They've played arguably the toughest schedule uh, in the country, having to play not only the SEC West, but play Clemson and Georgia and, and now finish with LSU. So they're going to want to kind of spoil LSU's party and fun, and uh, both these teams are going to, I think they're going to be out for blood. Well, they'll be fired up on Saturday for sure. Uh, we'll get to a lot of guys who ought to be fired up. Some awards, semifinalists, or not semifinalists, but finalists were announced on Monday, and we're going to run down those and maybe the chances of, of LSU taking home some postseason awards uh, right after this quick break from the Go 24-7 podcast. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. Quick reminder to subscribe to Go 24-7 and get CBS All Access included in your subscription. Over 10,000 shows on demand and live. You can stream your local TV station as well as the NFL Uh, on CBS and the SEC on CBS so you can stream the SEC title game uh, in a a week and a half or so when LSU's playing Georgia and that. You get that included with your Go 24-7 subscription now, a $99 value included for your subscription. So be sure to check that out. A big visitor weekend, which we'll preview later on in the week, but uh, it's a massive recruiting weekend for LSU and Ed Ogeron, so don't miss any of the VIP content we're going to be bringing you on Go 24-7. Some award finalists were announced on Monday, actually really all of them outside of the All-American team. And let's start with number one, I think Jamar Chase. We'll start with him setting records left and right. He's been named a finalist for the Blitnikoff Award along with CeeDee Lamb at Oklahoma and Michael Pittman Jr. at USC. I think this is a toss-up between Lamb and Chase. I think you can go either way with either one, but I, I tend to lead with lean on on record setters and things like that. Uh, what what are your thoughts? I mean, Lamb is Lamb is pretty ridiculous in his own right. Yeah, all three guys have been really great this year. Um, Justin Jefferson, you know, doesn't make the final group, but he was a semifinalist. He leads the SEC in catches. So uh, obviously, both those guys have been great. Um, and you look around. I mean, Michael Pittman at USC. They've got Amon Ross, St. Brown, and some other guys who who also they kind of spread the ball around to a bit. Um, and Lamb has been Hertz's kind of go-to guy all year uh, with Hollywood Brown off that roster. Um, so not, not a huge shock at this point in the season to see those guys on it. I think that when you look at the numbers, Chase leads the NCAA, um, you know, regardless of conference affiliation or whatever, um, in a couple of key categories, one being touchdowns. He's got 15 at this point. Um, we haven't seen anybody go over 20 touchdowns in one year since, I think, back in 2013 when Devonta Adams, who's with the Packers, um, achieved the feat. I think he had like 24 or five touchdowns. Um, so Chase is, yeah, he's on a pretty impressive run right now. Most touchdowns in a single season for an LSU receiver. Uh, and obviously, when you look at the national landscape, yes, he did miss a game. Um, so he's got a little, you know, bit of a kind of a, a, a hit to his stats that he would have gotten. I think it was the Vanderbilt game was the one he didn't play in. So you would have guessed he would have had some big numbers in that game to add to it. Uh, but regardless, he doesn't really need the stats. And you look at uh, CeeDee Lamb, who, as you noted, has been unbelievable for Oklahoma. He's also missed some time, um, and, and more notably maybe here on the back end of the season. So I think that one's probably Chase's to lose. It'll be announced in December. Um, we'll see what he does uh, this week against A&M and then against Georgia. Um, but, you know, with a, a few weeks out from the award, the finalists now being announced and the award being handed out, uh, I would have to think that uh, Jimmy Chase and uh, and company are excited about this one. What it's in Orlando? Yep. Going to Orlando. Yeah, go to and, Disney World. Hang yeah, out. That's right. You can go to Disney World, and if they if they can get all the way to the national championship in New Orleans and win, they'd go back to Disney World if that's what people do. But uh, yeah, very deserving for Chase. Um, he's been he's been unbelievable for them this year. And it's funny. I was thinking earlier uh, last year. What was the story? It was just. He was tackled out of bounds at like the one or fell out of bounds at the one or whatever. I think <laughs> like five or six times. And and now he breaks LSU's single season receiving record as a sophomore, um, which is, uh, you know, even more impressive. So uh, kudos to him. And uh, and we'll roll right into a string of awards here before we get to the defensive side. But a large part of 
Chase being so good is he's got a quarterback who also has a lot of stats. Yeah, Joe Burrow uh, named a finalist for the Maxwell and the Davey O'Briens. The Maxwell goes to the nation's most outstanding player. Uh, he's joined on that list by Chase Young from Ohio State and and I believe Jalen Hurts uh, from Oklahoma. And then on the Davey O'Brien Award for the nation's best quarterback, joined by Hurts and Justin Fields from Ohio State. So uh, I think... And the Ma- usually the Maxwell wins the, the Heisman. Usually. I'm interested to see what happens with Burrow and Chase Young. Just because from a standpoint of, yes, Joe Burrow is, is I think, the best quarterback in the country and he's going to win the Heisman. But will Chase Young's impact every game down in, down out on the defensive side maybe swing some voters that way? I think it's an interesting thing. Uh, to look at because Hertz will be in that conversation as well, so he could take some votes away from Burrow in the Maxwell. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. The odds came out this week for the Heisman: uh, Burrow at minus one thousand, and then Fields was number two at plus eleven hundred. So it's a runaway at this point. I mean, Burrow's just got to stay healthy and and play well against A and M in Georgia, and he's going to lock up the Heisman. And as you noted, the Heisman's given to the best player in football, so is the Maxwell. So you would think that. Uh, often, as they are, uh, it goes one and the same. Uh, you win the Heisman, you're winning the Maxwell. It'll be interesting to see with Chase Young. He had a great game against Penn State. Um, you know They'll be in the spotlight down the stretch, as will LSU. Um, so, yes, he could grab some votes. I would, I would guess if they were putting odds out, maybe there are odds you could bet on. But if you're trying to look at that with the Maxwell, I would guess that Burrow probably does have a healthy lead at this point. And I don't see any way he doesn't win the Davey O'Brien for best quarterback. Obviously, Fields and, and Hurts have had very solid seasons. Um, Fields better than Hurts, in my opinion, and Fields is obviously undefeated. Uh, but at this stage, and, and Fields has a really good touchdown-to-interception ratio, too. I think yeah. he's only thrown one pick all year. Yeah. Um, but with how we've seen Burrow play, Andy's at 79% completion percentage on the year. Andy's yeah. breaking. I think he's not far off. 200-and-something yards and a handful of touchdowns will give him. Uh, the SEC single season passing uh, record for yards and touchdowns. So it would surprise me if he doesn't win that as well. So, um, and what there's also, I mean, like the Johnny Unitas is an award too. Yep. So there's going to be a handful of, of December awards that, that Joe Burrow's up for after the SEC championship and, and before uh, bowl season gets here. Yeah, he's going to have, and all these guys, but Joe especially has a chance to have a pretty uh, healthy collection of hardware uh, in these postseason awards. They, of course, though, are, are looking at their goals uh, as a team and certainly uh, focused on A&M this week and then Georgia and, and going ahead uh, eventually through the college football playoff as, as what I would think uh, as the number one seed. And, and we'll certainly see how all that ends up. But yeah, those awards going to be announced on December 12th live uh, from the uh, Home Depot College Football Awards in Orlando. So ESPN will broadcast those 7 o'clock on December 9th. Uh, or December 12th um, at 6 p.m. Central, 7 Eastern uh, for those awards. And, and LSU will, will have their contingent in, in attendance and, and uh, get plenty of face time with that award show. So with that, Shay, unless you got anything else, I, I think it's time to, to wrap up this edition of the pod. We do. We have one more. We can't leave out uh, the, the Thorpe Award. Yeah, Grant Delpit. Up. This is where we like break people's hearts, though. That's right. He's one of three finalists for the Thorpe Award. Um, he hasn't had a Grant Delpit year by his standards. You know, I think that um, playing with a bum shoulder, you know, kind of a banged up shoulder and then an ankle uh, has left him wanting 
to produce more on the field. You know, I don't. I think he's missed some tackles in games that normally he wouldn't miss if he's fully healthy. Um, but that said, it, it shows kind of what um, these awards and, and media still think of a guy like Delpit and um, and who are the I think Jeffrey Okuda is in there and one more J.R. Reed from okay, Georgia. And, I can I can remember who's who's right. in it, but not to bring it up. Yeah, and J.R. Reed from from Georgia, who we'll get to see in the SEC championship game in a couple weeks. Um, but good for Delpit to be there. Obviously, um, he was up for some awards last year as well, so he's making kind of a back-to-back trips. Uh, I think it is to. I think they're all in Orlando at that ESPN yeah. show. So uh, he'll get to be there again, uh, celebrating that. I'd be. I guess I'd be surprised if he won. I would think Akuda would probably win. Akuda's had a really good year. Um, a lot of people think he'll be a top ten pick. Not that Delpit may not be. Uh, Delpit's going to be a first rounder, as will Christian Fulton. But um, we'll have to see how the postseason. Uh, workout shake out there but uh yes kudos to to mr delpit and the delpit family for uh, another big award and um the hope for him after sitting out and like we talked about at the beginning of the pod is come back this week get healthy be completely healthy for georgia uh and then if you're getting especially if you're in the playoffs you're getting like four weeks off or, or something like that you know they don't play till the end of december by then he'd be perfectly healthy and i think for bowl season we'll get to see kind of the real Grant Delpit, not a guy who kind of week to week has been hoping that uh, he can be healthy enough to get out there because even at 70 to 80 percent, he's often better than certainly a lot of the options LSU has. And and with these awards coming in now, um, better than a lot of players who are out there at 100 percent. Yeah. And it's incredible what that month off, I mean, for a lot of these guys going into the, the college football playoff and just their preparation, what they're able to do, these guys will certainly get a little bit of a vacation to Disney World. They'll fly a little uh, private jet over there for that, uh, along with Ed Ogeron. Uh, but look, I, I think um, for for Grant, that month is going to be so key because ankles are just such a nagging injury. And and I think there's there's plenty of guys that have been banged up but for LSU's D-line. I mean, Richard, I mean, has played a lot and has certainly been healthy through the stretch. But I think for the defensive side and then Deculus on the offensive side, getting those guys healthy, ready to go, it's just going to be that month of December is going to be huge. Oh, I mean, you mentioned those guys, Glenn Logan, obviously, yep. uh, Terrace Marshall, even who came back sure. from his ankle injury surgery or foot surgery, I guess it was. Um, and, you know, he's been healthy enough. He's not 100%, but he's out there. Uh, but a month off will help him a ton. Yeah, you're going to go. And, and the same goes for right these other teams, whoever they are, Ohio State, Clemson. We don't know who the number four seed, if, if you know, um, everything holds as it is now would be. Uh, but, yeah, all of these teams are going to show up much more healthy in the end of December than when they finished uh, their 12th game of the regular season and, and into conference championships. And uh, that bodes well for – uh, for fans and certainly for these teams, but uh, you really get to see kind of uh, the marquee feeling of a what guy what a team looks like when you're fully healthy. So basically, like week one of the football season. Uh, but the flip side of it is you're not playing like you are in week one. You know your identity. You know your go-to guys. Uh, you've got the chemistry. Um, so it should be uh, an eventful playoffs. And if LSU wins this weekend, barring an absolute hundred to nothing collapse against Georgia in, in Atlanta at the SC Championship, you would think even a one loss uh, SC, you know, one loss LSU that finished twelve and zero would be into the playoffs. So we're inching closer um, to LSU potentially making their first playoff appearance since the playoffs began. Yep, absolutely. So it'll be fun to follow. We'll have plenty more coverage this week on Go Twenty Four Seven leading up to LSU Texas A and M. Again, check it out. Uh, subscribe, and you get seven days to try it out. So free trial uh, for seven days, so you can. Give us a shot all the way through 
the Texas A&M game. So with that, guys, going to close out this podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope everyone has a great week and happy Thanksgiving as well. CBS Friday, TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.